0: And I'm your other co host, Robert, and this is Reenacted and Unsolved Mysteries Podcast Halloween edition. So,
1: record scratch, <laughs> it's not a regular episode.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, longtime listeners of the podcast will know that during Halloween, we record some sort of episode that's not. In the least bit related to unsolved mysteries, and it is instead uh, some sort of film uh, r- r- appropriate for the mm-hmm. Halloween season.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. In the past, we have we've now done basically two dark comedies
0: mm-hmm.
1: about cannibalism. We proposed to do that again this year. Ultimately, I don't think the movie that I chose was a good contender for discussion.
0: Oh, well, I, plus I couldn't, the streaming service it was on, I am not subscribed to, and I was going to go over and watch it at someone else's place, but stuff happened. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so.
1: Yeah, I, I, listen, I don't even think that movie was worth going over to someone else's place to watch, <laughs> let alone subscribing to uh, one of the streaming services for. It wasn't bad. It was just it's just one of those movies. It's like two days after you watch it, you've completely forgotten that you've seen it. So um, yeah. our, my solution, because I had just happened to purchase this Blu-ray and I know it's a film that you are very familiar with and would have no trouble discussing, is that we, if you want to announce what we're going to talk about today...
0: We're going to be watching It Follows.
1: Which is a uh, sort of mumblecore indie, no-budget horror movie from 2014. Now, when I say no budget, I say that with the highest compliments, because what they were able to achieve, effect-wise, with no money, is pretty incredible, I think. Yes. So, um, so this is not Yeah, this isn't the uh, it, it, this movie is a mood. If anyone who's seen it, um, we will spoil it. You've had eight years to see this movie. I think it is pretty widely available uh, for rent. I don't know that it's free anywhere on streaming because that's why I bought the Blu-ray. Uh, because I got frustrated <laughs> because I wanted to watch it. So I just bought the Blu-ray. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not even an A24 movie. I mean, it's even more indie than that. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a... Um, if I recall when it came out, everyone in 2014 was talking about it, though. I remember... Uh, everyone has seen this movie. It was It was really a hit when it came out if I
0: recall. I I I remember it uh, getting discussed a lot, and it was actually a number of years before I saw it, uh, so I didn't realize how much I would love it, of course, at the time, Mm -hmm. having not seen Mm -hmm.
1: it. Robbie, one of the reasons I proposed this movie, other than having just bought the Mm Blu-ray to use, I recall that you had once described this movie as your ASMR, (laughs) that you'll just like put it on in the background. (laughs) Yes. Something relaxing. Uh, which is super weird because <laughs> this is not a relaxing movie <laughs>
0: what well, yeah it I you're you're not incorrect I it, it, the well the thing is is I kind of feel like if you remove the supernatural entity from this film and mm-hmm. kind of maybe uh, you made some softened up some stuff like the the mm-hmm. drugging and uh, whatnot. Um, yeah, you what what you would have is like a really atmospheric, mm-hmm. like coming of age tale about like a group of friends mm-hmm. who are they've they've just recently all left high school and you know mm-hmm. and this it's a it's a late summer early fall sort of film. Um, and when mm-hmm. when they go to the beach uh, the beach house later on, I mean to me it's just like if you remove the supernatural entity from this film, you would have something more akin to um, you know uh, what was that movie Licorice Pizza? <laughs> but maybe with a
1: yeah, I I would say I probably enjoy this movie more. Right, Licorice Pizza.
0: Well, no, which yeah, just saying
1: I, a lot. Me being a a valley girl and a big time fan of Paul Thomas Anderson, I think this this does a lot more with a lot less, right? Right. Well, than something like that. As far and I think I totally agree with you. It is a coming of age story because, and it's it's well. Let me get into the synopsis really quick. Yeah. So if people haven't seen the film, you don't want us to spoil it. Maybe stop listening, go watch the movie come back it is it is totally a movie worth watching and i say that unironically yes it is it is a fantastic film but um it's also very scary to me yeah Uh, okay so basically the 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 brief plot synopsis is a young woman is followed by an unknown supernatural force after a sexual encounter and basically the idea is that uh there is a supernatural force that you contract like an std and The rules of the force, the supernatural force, are are laid out very quickly after the the title sequence. So um, here are the rules. Uh, You can only get it by having sex with somebody. You uh, can also then pass it to someone else. Once you have contracted the supernatural force, you become the only person who's able to see it. Although there seems to be some physical presence that it has. Uh, later in the film, people who can't see it are able to interact with it in Mm -hmm. some ways. Um, It can change form. So it can be your mom. It can be a total stranger. It can be your dead grandma. It can be any of these uh, things. It is not ever a monster. It is always a human being and uh, it walks. So the idea (laughs) is that you it is always walking slowly towards you it never runs um it's slow but it's not stupid as one of the characters in the film says Mm -hmm. so you um you know you can get in a car and drive away from it and basically buy yourself the time from wherever you drove from to wherever you are now and how long it takes to walk between those two places yes uh so is that is that about accurate? I'd say that's what's going on here. I'd
0: say that's a pretty comprehensive explanation of what this entity is and what it's up to. Um, I mean, if we one could spend hours sort of pondering the uh, the the you know minutia details of like you know. What constitutes sex for it exactly? And, you know, does it walk underwater or would it board a plane if you went international? But uh, th- I mean, those those are, you know, getting in the weeds sort of things. I think you you described the the you know, the, the all the all the sort of attributes of this entity. Um, you know, it, it's.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's those are the those are the rules that are explicitly put out in the movie so yeah i was always as i was watching this i'm like well i mean is it a fluid exchange do you have to finish (laughs) to get and it follows who has to finish is it only heterosexual sex is you know what i mean it's like well yeah you could you could get caught up in what all the actual trans transferring properties are of an it follows Yes, But I think to get caught up in that, you're right. It would be kind of missing the point. So the main character is a young woman named Jay. And all of this takes place in the uh, su- suburbs around Detroit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, now, trying to maybe even more interestingly than trying to decide how an it follows is transferred from person to person is trying to decide what time period (laughs) yes this film belongs in it is very intentionally ambiguous
0: right this is another popular like point of discussion because there's such a mishmash of uh not just technology but aesthetics uh vehicles Mm -hmm. um You get a good feel for what the tone of this is, is when um, uh, Jay, uh, she walks into her house um, at one point and her friends are watching a a movie on a really old TV, but one of them has like a little clamshell, I don't know, um, tablet reader type thing.
1: Yeah, like an e-reader thing. It's yeah. just it looks like a makeup compact. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think obviously from my understanding, I think the you know, the director did that to sort of like make people feel dislocated, you know, you, you, you don't even know what mm-hmm. time period you're in. So <laughs> good luck uh, feeling at ease at all, but though to be fair, I think if you went into a house that i lived in you know at any point in the last couple of decades uh, you would probably see like about 40 or 50 years worth of <laughs> right of um uh, technology i mean them having like the newer tv on top of the even older tv that's right. that's like a to- right. that's totally something that that's existed in in my household so from one point or another.
1: Even the cars, uh the main cars that are featured are like old station wagons or mm-hmm. two-door uh I think there's a convertible or something and it all seems like sort of late 70s big American cars, but then on the street you can see there's more modern looking cars. I mean, it just I it was done in from what I read, it's, it was done very intentionally by the director, uh, David Robert Mitchell, to um, keep keep it out of time. Yeah. And I think where, you know, other sort of teen slasher, it definitely harkens back to, like, Halloween and all of those original uh, movies from the 80s and sort of tone yeah. and how it looks. And certainly the sa- the score of the movie It's like heavy synth music. Mm -hmm. Um, Simultaneously, the first scene of the film, you see a woman or young woman uh, calling her dad on a cell phone. Yeah, you know, so it's like, well, where, (laughs) where, (laughs) where, when is this movie? Um, I and I think it and not being able to place it at any time makes it even more disorienting and unsettling.
0: Mm -hmm. This is not a firm uh, time. Uh, it's, it's just sort of this, I mean, it's what you might expect, the sort of logic you might get out of a dream. And I've, and I've always felt this, Mm -hmm. this movie has a certain dreamlike quality to it. And it's probably Mm -hmm. aided by this, um, by this aspect. Mm
1: -hmm. I will say I, there's every choice that is made in this movie is done with a lot of thought and intention. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is not something I think I'm used to seeing in this sort of like teen genre type movie. Yeah. Um, well. I will yeah. also say. <laughs> what's that?
0: No, no. Yeah. Because those teen genre movies are crap. So, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't. The, the interesting thing I, real, I realized just now is that um, we covered Ravenous two years ago and then. Eating Raul, which were both uh, very aware of what kind of movie they were making, and they were making dark comedies. Those were not serious films. And this I think this is really the first time we're talking about a movie that I would call, like, a serious film.
0: Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm
1: a little lost because I don't have anything to, like riff on here (laughs) there's (laughs) nothing funny about this movie at all
0: oh i don't i don't know i I find a few things in it pretty hilarious
1: (laughs) well robbie maybe you can maybe you can take us through sort of like the plot so i set up the the rules of it follows but maybe you can take us kind of through what happens here in this movie
0: yes well um as you mentioned the protagonist is a young woman named jay uh, and she's been um, going out on a. She's been dating this guy named Hugh, who's kind of like um you know, fairly strongly built looking like guy. Um, and she has uh, she has a collection a trio of friends, uh, or, or siblings and friends. Uh, what was it her sister was Kelly, and then mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess maybe they're sort of mutually friends of both Jay and Kelly's. Uh, There's a young woman named Yara. They're
1: just like neighborhood people. Right. They just are in the neighborhood. They grew up together. They're inextricably linked to each other's lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. In that
1: way. Yeah. I
0: think that's an excellent way of putting it. Yeah. So there's a young woman named Yara. She she of the um, makeup compact e-reader and uh, Mm -hmm. a guy named Paul. Um, who uh, I, I'm not the first person to have the thought that he may in fact be the true villain of this film. <laughs> uh, <sighs> um, And then, uh, so Jay, yeah, and then of course there's across the road neighbor, Greg. So Jay and Hugh have been dating uh, for an undetermined amount of time uh, by the start of this film. And eventually this guy, uh, leads to after engaging in the um, intercourse, uh, uh-huh. Hugh uh, dr- uh, dr- gives Jay the old rag soaked in some sort of uh, thing and knocks her out. She wakes up tied up to a wheelchair, and he's explaining that he has this terrible curse that there's this thing that follows him, and he, he as and he lays out a lot of the rules um, uh, for uh, the as you've uh, explained and we see the first appearance of this entity it's just it's it looks like a person walking right mm-hmm. though usually i've i've i noticed i mean anyone who watches it will notice that about 9 times out of 10 it's wearing some sort of like i guess it's preferred um attire is like underclothes <laughs> so there's a lot of like undershirts and mm-hmm. boxer shorts or uh, just outright underwear or a nightgown um I, mm-hmm. there's a couple and i think they're the they're either off in the distance or they just get described because like on the date hugh describes on a uh a uh Girl in the yellow dress, and then like I think mm-hmm. in the background, at least we're led to believe uh, it's the entity. It's wearing like jeans and a jacket, but for the most part, it seems prefer to wear underwear. And mm-hmm. uh, so Hugh dumps uh, Jay off in uh, front of her house and speeds off. And yeah, this this movie is kind of basically there's like three acts, and they they all culminate with Jay having sex with a different person. Um, You know, the first act where we get everything kind of established is, uh, is with Hugh. And then the, the next act is her trying, you know, she, she slowly begins to realize this thing is real. Like she sees some old woman in a nightgown on her college campus. I think
1: that was supposed to be, I think that was supposed to be her dead grandma.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
1: Yeah. Because there is this immediately preceding that. So what happens is Jay gets dumped after, well, she's not raped. It was consensual, but after she was drugged, yeah. Um, Hugh dumps her off in front of her house mm-hmm. because he, he truly has no desire to directly harm her. Yeah. He just wants to be free of it, whatever it is. And so he dumps her. And so then her parents call the police and whatever. So, um, you know, uh, you know, the police go to investigate the site where she was tied up and all that sort of stuff happens. But nothing really comes of it because it wasn't a rape. And also, they don't actually know who Hugh is. So mm-hmm. that's a thing. But to the point about the dead grandma, when... um. The, there's like two really brief instances where we get an adult in this movie. Yeah. And, um, which is notable in it of itself uh, for creating the
0: mood. Adults are virtually, virtually is. absent from this film. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, let's put a pin in that. But one of the moments where we do actually see Jay, Jay's mom is that she is, it's sort of like in the background over the TV, she's talking with someone about, what happened to Jay mm-hmm. and how terrible she feels for her, but she also doesn't really understand what's going on. And is that's kind of happening, that noise, like almost all of the adults are like muted down in this movie, almost the way they are in like Charlie Brown yeah, or Peanuts.
0: It's funny you mentioned You're- that. I, I had uh, in reviewing uh, this film, uh, rewatching it in, in preparation for this Crystal, so you're not going to... Yeah. Well, you probably will believe me um, and, and believe what I'm about to tell you because it's me. <laughs> when I was re-watching this film, there were periods of time that um, when the adults were speaking... I imitated the wah, 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 sound. The trombone?
1: Or the trumpet or whatever with the plunger? Yeah.
0: We were playing hangman. Studying? Oh, yes, ma'am. You're absolutely right. There's
1: such an afterthought in this movie. Again, a really intentional choice, but... Uh, during the scene where with the TV on and the mom is talking about what happened to Jay, the camera pans over to the wall of family photographs Ah. and it stops and hovers over a um, elderly couple, which I assume are the grandparents, right? It's almost the very next scene where Jay is sitting in class at community college or wherever she is. Um, She starts to look out the window and very slowly coming towards where she is is what you can kind of make out as an older woman in a hospital gown. But as it gets closer, you know, I, I think the edit there is to imply she's seeing her dead grandmother
0: I see. or her alive
1: and hospitalized grandmother. I don't know, but I don't know if she's dead, but, that, I think that's the implication damn because of how they added
0: damn Chris so I felt really proud of myself for some of the other like <laughs> incarnations I was like oh that's the neighbor kid or oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but
1: well I'm sure you caught some that I didn't catch like I said everything in this movie was done with without pretension but with a lot of intention right yeah it's not it's a it's a really tidy movie, which uh which i i this is the second time I've seen it. I watched it right when it came out and then um and, and then again now, and uh i mean it almost knowing where the scares are coming made it worse oh yeah, <laughs> I feel like yeah, um
0: the dread of anticipation is isn't that
1: right yeah. exactly, okay, so the first act is basically jay realizing this is real Mm -hmm. right yeah and then the second act is what happens then
0: she progressively is able to convince people mostly mostly by virtue of the entity uh doing stuff various things that sort of one by one clue people in uh, as to like holy crap this thing is real um and, yeah, there's a lot of trying to figure out what's going on, precisely uh, trying to track Hugh down. Um, and this is uh, this is where Greg really surfaces in, in, in the storyline. The thing that has stood out to me more and more every time I watch this film is, Crystal, can you name a male character in this film that didn't in some way, like, Sexualize Jay. No. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean.
1: But there's really only three guys in this movie. Well,
0: but yeah, I mean, there there's um yeah, there's Hugh, Greg, and Paul. And but then also there's the yeah. there's the neighbor kid who's always like leery, like sort of spying on Jay um and he, uh-huh. and obviously like i mean he's a he's a, s- a smaller kid but he's kind of like i guess he's probably just entering puberty and he's just like there's this a uh, attractive girl next door that he's kind of like i guess he's noticing you know that she's a woman and, and so forth and um like yeah like the only male character that we don't see any sort of depiction of sexualization from is like the, the investigator who's interviewing her after Hugh drugged her. And, it, right. and that's partially because it's one of these adults who like, you don't even see him. You see part of a pant leg and just a voice yeah. off screen. So yeah, it's uh like, I mean, Hugh, uh, I mean, granted his is more of a, uh, he, he obviously his mind is kind of focused on <laughs> on the biz- just sort of it's more of a uh, kind of a business transaction for him because he just has to get rid of this uh, curse. Uh, but, you know, mm-hmm. Greg obviously has uh, uh, w- like when he sees that this uh, this troubled neighbor from across the street needs help, he kind of, uh, you know, swoops in and obviously has some some level of interest and then, of course, Paul, who is yeah, like the, the stereotypical nice guy. is <laughs> it's just like he's hanging around and he's like, even if he before he really believes Jay, he's like, oh, I'll help. I'll help because he wants, he wants to be useful. Uh, it, yeah. And just seeing like and seeing him get jealous of Greg is it's just kind of amusing Um, uh, though it's interesting because you kind of get a few scenes with a little implication that Kelly Jay's younger sister might actually like Greg like she waves to him Mm -hmm. early in the film when he's washing his car and she talks with him briefly uh, when they're driving somewhere Uh, though it would seem that Greg like if he can't get Jay I, it looks like his second choice is Yara because there's a scene where he's kind of like mm-hmm. checking Yara's legs out when they're searching because they, mm-hmm. they track down the house that Hugh was allegedly living in. And this was uh, like sort of just to to, um, to, to help cre- maintain his, uh, his anonymity uh, so that like they wouldn't be able to track him down to his real house. Um, you know, and, and then of course, yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot of, um, a lot of people interested in people who aren't interested in them in this film.
1: (laughs) Well, I think, I think that is to say, like, everyone is sort of game at this time in their lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And everything is kind of mushy.
0: Right. Yeah, no, no, for sure. In
1: the sense that, like, it's that space between sort of, like, adolescence and adulthood. It's just, there's, no one's really in a relationship. You know, it's just.
0: It's a really awkward, confusing time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Pumpkin Spice Podcast is a place where all spooky podcasts come to live. In the Pumpkin Spice Podcast feed, you'll hear episodes about all sorts of horror movies and TV shows. And just like the Pumpkin Spice Latte, it's available all year round, but only promoted during the autumn season. So go subscribe to Pumpkin Spice Podcast where we showcase all sorts of horror podcasts. That's Pumpkin Spice Podcast, part of the Bridgeburner Collective, and available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I was trying to get in the right headspace to talk about It Follows tonight. Yeah. So I I got into my uh, junior and senior year yearbooks. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Things were really squishy you know what i mean things were uh uh there was just a lot going on
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know yeah uh, simultaneously nothing nothing was going on <laughs> everything was possible at the same time nothing happened
0: <laughs> <laughs> i i think you've probably just accurately described at least 80 percent of people's high school experiences uh <laughs> definitely mine <laughs> um,
1: um, I also w- reading how people signed my yearbook I don't listen do kids even have yearbooks anymore because there's uh, there was nothing more embarrassing at the time than like like going up to somebody you kind of liked and being like we some yearbook <laughs> <laughs> was, oh God. There was nothing more cringy that you could pro- possibly could have done, and then they would sign it like normal. They would be like, "Hey, had a really great year with you. Have a great summer. Hope to see you around." It would be something totally casual and normal, and then you would spend the next year of your life trying to unpack if there was any chance there. You know,
0: are you talking about someone sp- specific? I'm sorry, I don't mean to, 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 to delve. But.
1: Yeah, but I'm, I am just speaking about somebody specifically. Hmm. But I think I'm also speaking to everyone's experience universally.
0: Oh, yeah, no. Uh, of
1: how, like, yeah. someone would be, be doing something totally normal and sort of thoughtless at you. Just like, hey, have a great summer. Hope to see you around. Had a fun year this year. Bye. Like, that's how everyone signs a yearbook um that wasn't actually like, you know, a close friend or something. Yeah. And uh and then you and then you spend, you know, the next year being like, "Huh. <laughs> you know, was there <laughs> was there something going on there? Probably not."
0: I can definitely And
1: then you're almost 40 years old and then you're having an existential crisis about it all over again and then you have to record your podcast <laughs> about it follows. <laughs>
0: Um, <laughs> wow, uh,
1: now I'm being specific, yeah, but yeah, it was just uh, well, but it's also like going back going back through it, kind of thinking about like who were the Pauls and the Gregs? Yeah, who were the Pauls and the Gregs? Who were the Pauls? And I'm like, oh, I feel like this person, this guy who like left his phone number in my yearbook. Probably was a Paul.
0: He was trying to shoot up a flare like, please call me. Yeah.
1: yeah. I never called that guy. <laughs> it wasn't, it like literally wasn't until I don't, I won't name names, but it literally wasn't until years later when he like hit me up on MySpace or Facebook or something <laughs> where I was like, oh, this dude had a crush on me. And I was like completely unaware of it and then I forgot about it again and then I saw him at a friend's wedding a couple years ago and I I was at the wedding with my now current husband and I just feel like he died a little bit inside (laughs) and I showed up with another dude and now I'm like but now this is how oblivious I am I'm like oh my god this guy left his phone number in my yearbook and I didn't I it took me two decades till tonight to realize that he was like down bad for me
0: Mm.
1: and I just didn't even I you know he was cool yeah I know hey he was a cool guy but I was just like you know he was like not even a Paul because I was too busy like trying to like get with Greg you know what I'm saying
0: right right no exactly
1: there's just Paul's and Greg's and then but honestly most of my dating life has just been Hughes (laughs) <laughs> like do i even know your real name oh, God. did you just give me a supernatural std <laughs> yeah
0: that's what life is uh you know you, you, that is it's, you're,
1: hey you know you're either a paul gregor here yeah <laughs> um
0: well i think i think as you said you're 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 you're, you're describing something that while you're describing a specific uh, circumstance involving you. It's you're also describing something that can I mean you're gener you're you you it's an experience that we all have. Like I've often thought back on I wish I, I knew a lot of more stuff in hindsight. Uh I feel I feel <laughs> I was like I was pretty freaking oblivious on several things uh in my late teens and early 20s and yep yeah yeah same
1: absolutely same right (laughs) (laughs) absolutely the same i mean literally figuring it out tonight i'm like oh my god this guy has had a crush on me and then he like Once I don't think he was obsessed with me, but I think when he had the opportunity to get my attention, he took it. Yeah. In the years since, I don't I think he has gone on with his life. Right. I think he's okay. Good. You know what I mean? But I'm like,
0: oh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I like didn't know that. And then I started flipping through the other, you know flipping through the other parts of my also people really seem to think I had some kind of drinking problem in high school <laughs> um, based on what they wrote in my yearbook. Cause maybe I went to a party one time and was drinking.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. Well, 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 well
1: I mean, not to say I didn't drink. like, I'm not, I know my mom listens to this. She knew that I did, but I, it seems like people thought I was drinking a lot more than i was well, To be clear i graduated from high school and went to college i had my life together right like, <laughs>
0: well what, what were people writing like crystal get help <laughs> you're not in this alone no, it was alone. just like
1: hey sober up sister i don't know what it said it was just like <laughs> like somebody drew a fucking absolute bottle of vodka okay. an absolute bottle of i'm just like what y'all thought i was drinking a lot more than i was yeah, like most of my Friday nights in high school were spent watching like Gilmore Girls with my mom. Y'all need to go. Well, <laughs> what?
0: what, what?
1: So I was like, not partying that much. Yeah, yeah.
0: So. What's that? Um, what's that thing Mark Twain said? Give a man a reputation as an early wi- riser, and he can sleep till noon. Um, so apparently, that party must have just disproportionately made up uh, a lot of these people's perceptions. I guess. Uh, i
1: i guess well maybe they were they were all just like more lame than i was i don't know uh, maybe which is like another thing it's just like you're so you're so wrapped up in your own shit at that age that not only can you not perceive yourself correctly you can't perceive what other people are doing correctly
0: yeah yeah
1: anyway it follows
0: (laughs) It's funny you mention yearbooks because that's how they use that's how they tracked Hugh down because when they were done searching his um,
1: beautiful segue, Robbie. Thank you for thank you. saving me from that pit <laughs> of despair.
0: That You're was welcome. Going in, that's what I'm here for. After they search Hugh, mm. um so good is is uh, his false house where he was just sort of hiding out on the mattress and
1: yeah, and wanking a lot. <laughs> One presumes. To tr- no, there was a lot of porno mags and a lot of dried tissue paper.
0: Yeah, I fe- found. I feel like I mean, I don't know about. He,
1: I think he was trying to get. I think he thinks it was like, like if you ejaculated enough, you could be rid of it or something. <laughs> I think you know before he really realized what was going on here.
0: You know, in, I guess in between implementing uh, parts of his uh, plan to pass the curse on to Jay. I mean, what else are you gonna do with your time, right? Like, maybe it's worth a shot. If I just, maybe I can get this entity yeah. to follow this this tissue around. Um, yeah, because c- yeah.
1: Well, it's also it's also really interesting because there's a bunch of like cans and stuff that he'd hung up around the windows.
0: Right of this
1: dilapidated house, like he had all these traps to hear it coming for him. Yes. So, like I said, it had a physical manifestation, even if other people couldn't see it. Right. It interacts with the environment around it. A door can stop it,
0: basically. Not not for long, but you know. yeah, it can. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it it has it has certain limitations. Yeah, it's not like some ghost that's gonna like just automatically get to you. Um.
1: yeah it can't pass through walls or anything it has to break a window right before it can get in your house yeah yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and then so but they find like a picture of Hugh in this like uh, letterman jacket or whatever and they track that down to the school I was very I found it very interesting that like these two sort of young 20 somethings could walk into this uh, high school and I guess, but maybe go to the library and be like, "Hey, can we look at uh, your old yearbooks to f- track down someone?" <laughs> and the librarian uh, or school staff member apparently had no problem with uh, accommodating this. Um, uh, and then,
1: yeah, that was weird.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I felt kind of a little at, un, uh, like, I mean, that's like the the one thing that like struck me as. Um, you know, aside from supernatural entity as the, like the most unrealistic part, like I could more easily get behind. Cause not this, um, obviously this podcast is spoilers, but the, 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 the climax or, or the, or the penultimate moment of this movie takes place at a public poll, but in, in, you know, you stop and you're like, how did they gain entry to there without like setting off an alarm or something, but that I can rationalize. Like, I figured, you know, maybe Paul worked there one summer, not as a lifeguard, of course, but at like the concession Mm -hmm. stand. And he just knows how to get in through the back or something. Um, But yeah, just very strange. But yeah, they use that information uh, to track Hugh down. Hugh further explains, uh, elaborates on on the situation. I mean, yes, it's shitty that he passed it to jay but he himself is also a victim because uh he was right describes being at a bar had what he thought was a one-night stand um yeah and i don't know whether uh whether we're left to assume that the woman explained the rules to him or if you know he kind of had to discover it himself um Mm -hmm. i feel like i feel like I mean, Hugh described when he when he goes through this whole elaborate thing of making having Jay tied up to the wheelchair so she could see the entity and explaining all this stuff. I mean, he says he's doing it to help her. But I mean, really, he's doing it to help himself, because if she gets killed, then he's yeah. back on the the the, the target list. Um, right. And so, I mean, it, it does seem like you would the common courtesy would be to at least explain the rules. And I mean, I guess he did it in such a way where like she was more likely to believe it. Whereas like, if you just had sex Mm -hmm. with someone and then you're like, Oh, by the way, here's all this stuff. I mean, that's probably going to be make less of an impact if they don't actually see the entity in some way.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, um, I think probably. So the very beginning of this movie, which we didn't discuss is that there's a woman named Annie who is running. It's the very opening scene. Mm -hmm. She's running from her house from nothing. Anyone can see, you know, a neighbor asks, are you okay? Do you need help? She says, no, she takes a car. She drives it to the beach. She calls her dad and says, she, you know, leaves a message for him or talks to him and says, again, adults, not in this movie, um, (laughs) you know, tells him that she loves him. And that she's just apologizes for being so terrible at sometimes, and then um, at dawn she's she's found brutally murdered. Yeah, like her leg has been broken at an unnatural angle. Um, and then it follows. That's the title sequence, and then we're then we're on the date with Jane Hugh. So presumably Annie may have been the last person or one of the people that Hugh because it it seems like Hugh's been dealing with this for a while, right? Yeah. Hugh may have hooked up with Annie, right? Mm -hmm. Annie dies because Hugh just didn't explain what was going on or maybe didn't understand it. Hugh hears about what happens to Annie and then realizes, well, the next person he's got to tell them what happens because now this thing is back coming for him. So I think Annie might've been like the precursor to Jay.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that was, that, that's something I've often wondered uh, with this film. I've speculated like what, what did, was it Hugh who gave it to Annie? And I mean, it would kind of make sense. Yeah. Like Annie was like his first attempt. And I mean, she clearly at the beginning of the film film where she runs out of the house, I mean, she's cognizant to some degree I don't know if she discovered it on her own about this entity. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, she knows, she knows enough that she can kind of like run, run a distance somewhere, let it like slowly walk towards her and then run back and get the car. But yeah, it, it does kind of like, it gives the impression that, yeah, she like, if Hugh had slept with Annie and maybe he, told her some things or whatnot and whatever. He he did not give he did not do as thorough a job uh, as he did with Jay. And it it's kind of like, you know, when it started coming back after him, it's like, oh well, I guess I gotta really hammer it home to the next person I give this to. Um yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. We see like uh different levels of I, I don't know if concern's the right uh, forethought with uh, the way the, the this gets passed on. Because, yeah, w- once they've they've tracked down Hugh and Hugh's like, look, you just got to give it to someone, uh, Jay. I mean, it'll be easy for you. You're really good looking, you know, like any guy will want to sleep with you. And, you know, Jay's not certain she wants to necessarily do this, so... Greg takes them to his, his parents beach house, uh, I guess on, Mm -hmm. on the coast of the, the, one of the great lakes and, you know, they kind of hang out there. And this is like one of the, um, if there was just a movie that was just this, like, you know, like five young people (laughs) hanging out at a beach house and spending Mm -hmm. their, their early fall there. I'd, I'd, I'd be totally down for that movie. You know? Um, Uh, but then the, eventually the entity catches up with them. And I love the, I really love that. Like it chose to, to imitate Yara um, for this, uh, for this particular attack. Uh, And you, you get that great scene where eventually you see Yara is actually out on the lake on on, on her flotation device. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Oh, that's, I mean, you kind of already suspected as such. And um you know this. Uh, this leads to like a, you know uh, the situation eventually escalates to Jay running out, getting into the car and driving away, uh, abandoning her friends. But they're not really the ones who are in danger, so it's not really a super shit movie. She was scared. She ends up almost hitting mm-hmm. someone, driving off a road, and then go ending up in a hospital. Uh, and it's kind of like. By this point, like I mean, she believes the entity's real, uh, you know, totally, and she's really dreading it. And they, the the scene where like there's like a there's a, it turns out it's a nurse, but someone's she hears footsteps down the hallway, and just the dread mm-hmm. of being stuck there on that bed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, she's like, she's like, yeah, I got, I gotta sleep with someone. I gotta, you know, mm-hmm. I can't. So. Greg is more than happy to accommodate her. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah. Greg is Greg knows that something Jay's scared of something, but he doesn't believe.
0: Right. Yeah. He definitely does not seem to be a believer. I mean, he, and he hasn't witnessed some of the, like by now her friend, all of her other friends that like, They've seen her like her being pulled up by her hair. Uh, Paul has tried hit the entity with a chair and been knocked back. They've all seen it like yeah. smack. Paul,
1: Paul got knocked the fuck out. Yeah. He got thrown right. across the
0: beach. Total-
1: That's that sequence on the beach. Oh, my God. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Um,
0: Yeah. And
1: yeah, where her where where you see Yara or the it who's supposed to be Yara slowly walking but everyone's just very relaxed right they're having a very relaxed time on the beach they're just enjoying themselves and to see it slowly coming and then eventually um it gets jay by the hair and so what her friends see what we see is just her hair and her head getting yanked back Mm -hmm. by nothing and uh you know jay jumps up not jay i'm sorry <clears throat> Paul jumps up and hits it with a chair successfully. Again, you can interact with it. It is there. Yeah. Um and then he gets like psychically pushed like ac- completely out of frame. Yeah. Yeah, they run into the boathouse that's there. Um Jay's terrified whatever it is is breaking into the boathouse. Um, but somehow Greg does is, I don't remember what's happens with Greg, but Greg isn't really.
0: Yeah. He, he was, he was, he was off in some bushes pissing he was peeing yeah. or something. Yeah. He
1: was, he was peeing. So he wasn't like in the action. So when he comes back, he just like, doesn't really know what's happening. Yeah,
0: He comes back and Jace so doesn't believe Jace just shooting a gun <laughs> into.
1: Yeah. <the, laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's shooting the gun that, um, was in the boathouse out at, um, Whatever it is, but yeah. So she, so like you know, she drives off with the car. She en- she ends up with a broken arm in the hospital. Her uh, she invites Greg to enter. Mm-hmm. I guess <laughs> uh, that happens. Yeah,
0: we and we get like a cut to like uh, we don't hear any words because just the music. But Greg hanging out with some uh, younger girls or something. And with yeah. possibly the yeah. implication that he was passing it on to them, uh, if he believes it or...
1: Or trying yeah. to. Yeah. Or he maybe he was just trying to smash. I mean, again, this is like, there are no relationships. There are no boundaries. Everyone is game. Right.
0: Because that's the. Th- right. Yeah. I mean, either interpretation is valid because Greg does not seem to really believe in this thing. So it's entirely possible mm-hmm. that if there wasn't like if he wasn't told like, oh, there's this entity that falls people's uh, sleep with it it's entirely possible that he would have been present at that location in, in that scene doing the exact same thing regardless.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, but, and event, but eventually the entity catches up to Greg um, and uh, Jay witnesses his demise because she runs over to his house to try to warn him. Uh, I thought it was really, really yeah. interesting. The entity, the entity, was appearing as Greg when it was walking up to his house. And then when it, Mm -hmm. when it was outside his bedroom door, it was disguised as his mom, which is just, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a few things more terrifying. than The idea of like something that looks like your mom wanting to have sex with you. (laughs) I, I no guy, no guy wants that.
1: There is a lot of nudity in this movie. Mm
0: hmm. And it's
1: none of it is sexual. No,
0: no, it's, it's very like, I feel very uncomfortable with, uh,
1: it's almost, it's almost clinical. Yeah. You know, the way that, I mean, the, the very, the, the, it follows breaks at the very beginning, breaks into Jay's house and is a, uh young woman urinating on herself right. um later you know Greg's mom is has her her robe open exposing her breasts but in a very sort of like cadaver like yeah way um yeah this there's a couple of times where the where the it follows this you you're right it's it prefers to be in pajamas or some state of undress yeah. Um but yeah, eventually uh the it follows appears as a completely naked man on top of uh right. the roof of Jay's house. Yes. Yes. Um p- you know, pee pee out and everything. It's not sexual though. I mean, that's the thing. It's just very clinical. It's like, it's like a dead body almost.
0: Well, yeah. Well, I mean, like when you're wearing like hospital gowns, you, you, it does put you, when, when there's hospital, when it's wearing hospital gowns, you, you're put into a a clinical s- state of mind, right?
1: <laughs> right. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: But, e- but even so, it's like, it's like, um, the state of undress is not seductive and it's not meant
0: to Oh be. yeah. No, at no point. Is you any know. of the ways that this entity has depicted itself in any way, um, in any way, uh, like, like you say, arousing or or, or alluring?
1: Yeah. yeah, for a movie, a kind of about sex it's not sexy at any point.
0: No, very, (laughs) not not at all. Uh, like, uh, like even the depictions of sex between the human beings is kind of, it's always all, it's always awkward and and uncomfortable looking. Yeah. Whether it's.
1: Well, yeah. When it, when it happens with, um, Greg and Jay in the hospital, she's just kind of like looking over to the side, like, almost sort of guilty, but also kind of just bored. Like, yeah, let's just get this over with. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, f- totally. Um, and what I, what I, what I found really interesting, of course, is after she witnesses Greg get expired, she, she gets in the car and drive, just drives as fast as she can, as far as ways she can. Uh, she sleeps, uh, overnight on, on the hood of the car. um, Mm -hmm. And when she wakes up in the morning, she uh, she's along the coast and there's a a boat with like, I guess, two or three guys on it. And she Mm -hmm. walks up to the shoreline. And I I thought this was always I always found this very um, watching this moment. Like you could, you know, the struggle of like, I mean, she this thing is after her. And at this point, she's kind of just desperate. Right. She's desperate. Yeah. And and like just wants a reprieve and, but at the same time she you know sleeping with these guys on the boat is going to be a death sentence uh, for them because uh, you know mm-hmm. even if she tells them all the rules they're just going to be like later on they're going to be like man, man that chick with the cast and, and the, like yeah what was the- exactly yeah, she was crazy cray cray man yeah um, but it was, it's real it's left very
1: ambiguous what happens with those dudes on the boat. right but right I choose to believe that she thinks about it and then doesn't do it yeah because of that reason yeah
0: either 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 interpretation I think uh, uh, could could happen um, I mean she she starts to get out of her clothes but you do not see it happen so it could be that she she thought you know like you said like she she thought better of it and uh, went back Um. And then this leads to sort of the uh the 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 penultimate moment of this film is like well first of all Paul comes over and standard nice guy is like you know when he comes into a room he's like you know he ha- naturally he has to he has to he has to ask why did you choose Greg and not me was basically, you
1: know, God, I hate this guy so much. Yeah. I'm so, I'm like, so glad that you're the one being like, (laughs) 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 well, this guy sucks.
0: Well, (laughs) yeah. It's just, you know, the thing is, is I've observed this before. Like, um, I, I used to be roommates with someone who had a lot of these, like Paul type guys in our orbit. Um, and, and uh-huh. it was clear. Yeah, she she
1: she who will remain unnamed. But yes, I do know who you're talking yes, about. Yes,
0: yes. And it was clear who these people were and uh, what they were there for. Um, I mean, you know, like, oh yeah, they'll help her. They'll 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 drive the car for her when she's going on a trip down to her grandparents, and they'll do this and that. But
1: yeah. like, they
0: are they are waiting. They are hoping that like an opportunity opportunity will like manifest itself and i've actually like Mm -hmm. i've actually observed uh because there was like a like a car trip and then like one of these guys he was upset because on this car trip one night because she she was like there was a stop and it was like someone she knew from college and her and the guy from college went out to a club or something. And this guy, this is this Paul, uh, uh esque person was just like, Oh, like, cause he had, he was stuck like watching the kid. And then like, I guess afterwards at some point he had like the, some sort of thing. Like I thought it was just supposed to be you and me and, and your son. And na, 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 oh, god Yeah. Ja. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, like Paul is just I, I find him to be like just truly the most loathsome like I mean he is like <laughs> I mean, you know, like he is just totally like he's all in on like helping her just because he, there's a chance. Yeah. And the and there's an awkward attempt yeah. by him to kiss her. Um Yeah. And and even this
1: I guess they had their first kiss together back when they were like little kids or something. Yeah. It's some, the backstory there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah I, I, you're right. That, 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 was sort of established. And I guess maybe the idea is like, she's always been on his mind to some degree afterwards or, yeah. or whatnot. But even like he, he's the one who comes up with this plan where they're going to take Jay to this, this, um, this indoor pool. And
1: yeah. In Detroit,
0: in Detroit,
1: South of eight mile. Right. Well, I want to. Can I talk about Yara for like a quick second? You talk about Yara because Yara, Yara doesn't have a ton of lines in this movie, but the lines she does have are very important. Mm -hmm. So, Yara, I feel like is sort of the Greek chorus
0: Ah.
1: of this movie. She is giving us the context of the environment that they're in. So when they talk about coming from the suburbs and going into into Detroit, she's the one talking about how her parents said, never go south of eight mile, as if the only bad things that could ever happen to you would be in the city of Detroit. Bad things can't happen to you in the suburbs, even though, right, something very bad has happened yeah. in their little sort of enclave yeah. of single family homes with perfect lawns and all that sort of thing. So they actually have to go. I mean, there there's like a whole subtext about suburbia versus you know urban living here and white flight there's like a whole vein of that i mean obviously they chose this location for a reason yeah you know suburbs and then detroit i mean there there's like a whole nother movie there that i'm we do not have time to get into but yara is at very key points in this movie uh and then at the very end giving us some poetry some context to their lives um so i i think yara is actually like a to kind of ground this movie into some kind of reality yara is like that chorus you know she's got her little weird clamshell e-reader and (laughs) she's like letting us know the score at various points in the movie so um, that's
0: a very good point having yeah i i feel i feel you're correct because yeah her lines are, are relatively few we don't get like her talking about because uh, she doesn't express any sort of interest, uh, romantic interest in any of the other characters. She doesn't talk no. so much about her past. But, yeah, she when when she has uh, some lines, it's uh, it, it's it's letting you know, you know, like you say, what the score is at, at this particular moment. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And people, this is not a, a talking movie. It's pretty sparse. You know, I think there isn't a lot of dialogue in this movie. It is, it is, is mood heavy and very sparse. And, um, I think that's in sort of contrast to so many other sort of quote unquote teen television shows and movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gil- Gilmore girls is a great example of that. Nobody fucking talks like that. <laughs> this is how teenagers speak to one another is how they do. And it follows. Yeah. It's sparse. No one can really articulate what they mean. Um, they you know it's all mood it's all vibes it's self interest versus trying to protect your friend you know it's mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's like grounded in a lot of realism but at the same time existing in a dream it, that is a really fine line to walk yeah i think in a movie and they and it does a really good job of that but yeah i think yara's few lines that she has are a, a, a very very important the other thing i will say as for we're, we're so they go to dump the monster to kill the monster to solve the problem they have to go into the city of detroit to this public pool mm-hmm. right yes later again when they're trying to dump the monster when they're trying to get rid of the problem where do the white kids go where does paul go he goes back into the city right that's where bad things happen that's where bad people are right that's where we got to leave this thing right so it i there's there's like a brilliance here i'm sorry i'm like i feel like i'm sucking off the director at this point (laughs) i feel kind of like an unabashed fangirl but like the second time i saw this movie i was like they did so much with a horror movie which are usually so thoughtless and so cheesy right incredible thought went into this every single choice every single camera movement the pacing the music all of it anyway okay so they get to the pool yeah what happens
0: oh yeah well i mean the plan is is like um jay's going to be out in the pool it's been established that she likes swimming i mean the first scene we see her in she's just sort of going into her pool uh that one of those ones where they um you you set up a walls around and, and fill it with water. Yeah. Above ground. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, yeah. it was, it was always interesting. Um, before they, they've gone, they're going out to the, to the, uh, the city pool, uh, in the aftermath of what, one of the entities attacks, you see that it, it is smashed, uh, her, her above ground pole. So that it drains out of water and it's kind of broken. Um, Mm-hmm. I, I when I guess when I first saw that, I almost interpreted it as like the entity was just like walking right through the, the pole and like knocking down the, the wall. But mm-hmm. I guess um, I I'd heard somewhere on the internet that the uh, the implication, maybe this was from the director, was that the longer it takes mm-hmm. the entity to to get you, or maybe not so much the length of time, but the more you frustrate it. Uh, the, the more yeah. angrier it becomes. Um,
1: That makes sense. Yeah. With how what happens at the public. Hall. Right.
0: Because, yeah, yeah, like and their plan is like they get all this is Paul's plan because, you know, like a nice guy, he has to mm-hmm. like come up with the big solution. Yeah. So that Jay will fall in love. White knighting
1: like an MF or
0: Paul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, they 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 plug in a bunch of electrical appliances with uh, extension cords all around the perimeter of the pole. And I guess the plan is.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of problems with this plan, just electrically. Yes. <laughs> speaking but
0: <laughs> the uh and i guess the plan is
1: they don't even get that far so yeah
0: yeah the, the, the plan is i guess jay will like lure the entity into the pool, and then she'll get out and they'll just start throwing stuff in it and they'll electrocute the entity uh earlier we had mm-hmm. seen actually jay had managed to hit land a shot on the entity but it just got back up um when they are when yeah. they were at the beach and she had the gun so i guess maybe they're they're going with the premise of like maybe well, if blunt force won't work, maybe electricity might kill this, this thing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now the, the problem is, is uh, as you mentioned, uh, at the beginning of this podcast and what gets mentioned by Hugh is the entity is slow, but it is not dumb. And it mm-hmm. pauses at the, um, uh, at the perimeter of the pool when it arrives. And Jay mentions it just standing there, And then instead it starts walking around the perimeter and starts throwing the electrical items into the pole at Jay. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't actually electrocute her to death. And I'm not an expert on electricity or or anything. So I don't know if this is because Mm – is it because maybe the pole is such a huge body of water that you would need a lot more current going into it? Like this isn't just a a bathtub or or something, right?
1: Yeah, I – I don't think it's that. I think it's because it's throwing things, thus unplugging them.
0: Oh, yeah. That's, that's probably because, yeah, because the entity maybe is not necessarily trying to electrocute Jay. It could because oftentimes it it's trying to hit yeah, her it,
1: with like a hairdryer and then like a television and a toaster. It's trying to hit her yeah, in the head. Yeah,
0: some, yeah it's definitely like yeah. when, you, when you get to see the entity actually throwing stuff. At her, it, it, it is aiming for her head and it kind of like she gets at least one or two uh hits uh, against her head. I, I guess, you know, if she's knocked out, mm-hmm. like she probably doesn't have to be conscious for the entity to do it, what it's going to do. So mm-hmm. um, the um this is probably it. And it kind of it seems frustrated, too, when it's throwing these things like. It's just like that's it. I'm just going to knock you out right here right now. Enough of this, you know, BS mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Um uh and then like so Jay's friends mostly haplessly try to help Paul who's probably the pers- last person who should be allowed to have a gun. Um uh <laughs> he <laughs> He, he tries shooting the entity.
1: Oh, my God. You hate Paul so much. You hate him. I, I know. I, I,
0: can't. Like, <laughs> I can't.
1: I didn't hate him this much. I thought he was kind of a weasel, but you like hated his dumb guy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it's. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's just the fact like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not really a big fan of of Greg either. I mean, he's also like he's just like, oh, you know. Uh, here's a damsel in distress, and uh, perfect opportunity yeah. for me to swoop in. But, like, just yeah, yeah, Paul ends up shooting Yara in the leg. Uh, like, uh-huh. I mean, you don't fire when, when someone's downrange. I just, anyway, yeah, uh, and and the fact that the entity is invisible from Paul's perspective, so <laughs> Paul can see Yara, yeah, <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, yeah. We basically, you know, we we have a situation where, like, eventually Kelly throws a sheet over the the entity. Paul gets a a shot in on it, but it, that just dumps it into the pool. Yeah. Naturally, we got a scene of Jay trying to swim out of the pool and the entity grabbing onto her ankle. And somehow, because yeah. Paul reloads that gun, and somehow he doesn't he doesn't blow out Jay's brains, but after like three or four yeah. shots, actually managed man. Right, I guess manages to land a headshot yeah. on the entity. Um,
1: yeah, and then the and then the pool fills with blood. Fills with blood, and it cuts. Yeah. so we don't really know. No, at that point, no. If it had been, it's
0: it, like this. The, this film has a lot of ambiguity around a lot of stuff. No. Obviously, Jay uh, at this point she's not taking any chances. Um, right, and she like Paul. The nice guy, the quote unquote nice guy manages to like wait out long enough. And she be, like after she's mm-hmm. after she's expended in every other possible candidate, she they have what is yeah. like just looks to be incredibly awkward sex. Um Yeah. I, and afterwards, they're both just like sitting there as if they're traumatized. Um uh, it was, it was clearly, you know, considering the circumstances. So, uh, we get, uh, like you say, like you mentioned earlier that cause Yara's in the hospital, she reads out a little thing from her clamshell. It's a nice little bookend because at near the beginning of the film, she was reading the clamshell and Jay asked her like, Hey, you know, uh, how is, how's the, the book? And Yara's like, I don't know yet. And now at the end of the film, she does Mm -hmm. like, and she, she reads the, the, the bit of poetry. Um, And our last shot is Jay and Paul walking down the uh, sidewalk hand in hand. And there's someone behind them walking in the same direction. Is it the entity? Maybe, maybe not. Mm -hmm. And that's it follows. Yeah.
1: yeah I mean there there is there is a very brief scene where Paul goes back into Detroit oh, yeah sorry t- trying to pick up a prostitute
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that's what when I say you know like that's where the problems are that's where you put bad things is in the city right yeah only good things can happen in the suburbs and that th- I mean that's a whole current throughout the movie but yeah that's it follows. I feel like we were not very funny during this pod because we both were very serious about liking this movie a lot. It's a it's great. I think it's great. And listen, this had a budget of one point three million dollars. You know what the box office was? What on was this? the
0: box office?
1: 23.3 million.
0: All right. That's that's pretty good return. This was for-
1: an incredibly successful movie, financially speaking. Yeah. concerning how little was spent to make yeah, cause, it. So, cause, yeah,
0: cuz yeah, cuz it's like um, it, it I I mean I'm sure they spent more on the advertising than on the budget, but even then like I don't re- you know, it's not like this had a um a Marvel movie level of advertising. I I feel like it was no, the advertising it, was
1: I heard about it from word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. It, I heard about it from people telling me about it. Yeah, that yeah. was
0: pretty organic. So yeah, no, very very impressive.
1: I heard I I caught the the desire to watch it follows sexually. No, I'm kidding. That didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's not okay. what happened. Okay. But wouldn't that be funny if like, you know, you, you hook up with somebody in 2014 or 2015, whenever this came out, and they roll over and they're like, I want to tell you about this movie. It follows. And then you're like, oh, really? And then you have to go see it because the person you hooked up with just told you about it. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> that's most, that's how most of us found out about movies in 2015. Um, yeah. cause the internet didn't exist until 2019. No, I
0: think. No. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, <laughs> did do you have any party, <laughs> party thoughts or, or, about the film or things, things you wanted to mention? I, mean, like, I mean, for, for me,
1: I, I didn't other than, other than like, I've seen this twice. I'm going to watch it again in the future. I'm going to get something new out of it. Um, it. It it's was very scary to mm-hmm. me because it's just slow building dread.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: It, there's no monster. There's no monster. Right. There's no scary monster that pops out. And to me, that's scarier than a slasher movie because it could be your mom it could be your dead grandma it could be your dad it could be your friend Mm -hmm. it could be anyone and it is just slowly coming for you yeah and um i guess that type of anxiety is what inspired the director to write and direct this film Um, and that is very scary that's scarier than anything made up i can think of so it's a scary movie, guys. Yeah. I I
0: mean, I know there are some people who, you know, they're not into like the slow build-up of dread. Uh they 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 need the jump scares for some reason. There's a few of those in here. There, there, yeah, yeah, there, there 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 are a couple. Uh but but yeah. it's not the sort of hammy uh like I I mean, yeah. it's it, it it's they're they're natural things that would organically happen out of what the you know, previous moment was leading up to, um, isn't just like, Oh, some friend, uh, you know, like put their hand on your shoulder when they're out of frame. You're like, Oh, right. or, or, you know, so forth. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, um, the, sl- the slow dread. I mean, that's, uh, that's the kind of horror I like. Um, I like, yeah, me yeah. too. yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. this, this is definitely one of my, uh, one of my favorite horror movies, and uh, yes,
1: slash ASMR slash ASMR
0: video. Like, I mean, if someone could put together, um, like just a thing of like driving through a city suburb slash cityscape with like that it follows soundtrack music for one hour, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean yeah. that that's I mean that's that's the that's the parts that are that are that really like help lure me to sleep it's just like you say there's a you mentioned there's lo- there's long periods where there's a dialogue it's atmosphere there's some music it um it like it, it's easy for me to like the way my brain works like you know there's not too much talking just sort of you know some sounds yeah. some music and i just i eventually just fall asleep so
1: well, can I make a movie recommendation to you? If that's what you're looking for, is atmospheric music and just driving around a city?
0: Okay, I'm a, I'm I'm receptive. <laughs>
1: have you seen the Have you seen the movie Drive with Ryan Gosling?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, but I'm taking it that there's.
1: Yeah, I think that might be the film for you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Same vibe, same vibe. Looks
0: like I'm going to have another addition to my ASMR list.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Drive is another, uh, it's not scary. Um, A quiet movie with synth music, very atmospheric, punctuated by some action sequences. But uh, yeah, same same vibe. One of the things that uh, Dave actually sat down and watched this with me, and I kind of want to end on this note. Yeah. Is that when this came out in 2015, I mean, there's a couple of themes in it, which is like adult being a kid in a time where you're sort of unsupervised, which is kind of a a time past. It's something Mm -hmm. more akin to like growing up in the 70s or 80s, Um, having being scared of something, but not really relying on your parents to figure it out, but having your group of friends in your neighborhood yeah there's so many themes in this movie that and because this movie was so popular for how small of a movie it was, I think that really set up an audience to receive stranger things oh to come out yeah, okay. several years later because there's so many there's so many it's it's sort of like this nostalgia for something. And it follows the synth music, all of that, the timelessness of it, even though Stranger Things is more action packed and, you know, hearkening back to Spielberg and all that. There's there's obviously a lot of influence from John Carpenter and, and those types of mm-hmm. movies that I think it follows as kind of like the first scratch of the nostalgia for that. and And people really liked it especially people our age really liked that we really liked this movie. So I think the audience reception, it falls really set up, you know, places like Netflix to be like when, you know, whoever, I don't remember the Duffer brothers or whatever it is that does stranger things. When they went to, to pitch that show to see that there actually was a market for that type of thing. So I, I think there's a direct line between it follows and stranger things being super popular a couple of years later, It kind of primed audiences for this type of, um, you're nostalgic for something. Maybe you haven't even experienced. I feel like your husband you know?
0: is uh, definitely onto something there. Yeah. Cause it's, uh, it, yeah, it, it, it is, uh,
1: well, th- to be clear, Dave and I agreed on that. It was my or, thesis, and then he agreed oh, because he was a film studies major. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry, not even film studies, film major I, I,
0: in college. I apologize. Uh, you. <laughs> that was my thesis. <laughs> you. You have a good point there. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>
1: but I was, but I'm, I am legitimized by my husband who has a film degree. Yes. Saying, yes.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: this, th- that feels right to me. Robbie, listen, we have talked about this movie. Happy Halloween to everyone. Cause this is going to come out probably, I think five days before Halloween, four or five days.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: if people want to send us a spooky note or just give us money, Because they like what we're doing.
0: (laughs) How can they do that? Uh, Well, uh, Reenacted Podcasts has a a Patreon with a $1 tier for supporting the podcast and a $5 tier for uh, if you occasionally want access to uh, something a little more. Uh, Send us an email, reenactedpod at gmail.com. And then... On Twitter, we're at Reenacted Pod. Uh, Facebook, Reenacted Fans Podcast. And of course, please, please give us five stars on whatever music audio platform you use. Mm-hmm. Please give us five stars. We. We're begging you, please. No, we're not begging.
1: Are we? Are we really that desperate? I feel like we're not. No, that desperate. no, we're
0: not. But I did. It, uh, but for comedic effect, we are.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. Like, like, get your little clamshell e-reader out. Log into iTunes or whatever you use. Mm-hmm. Drop a little, like. Here's what you can do. You can give us five stars and be like, oh, your shit sucks in the review body, and that's fine.
0: Those are actually my favorite. It literally doesn't matter. <laughs> my favorite combination. <laughs> like, definitely do not do the inverse. Do not give us glowing praise and then, like, two stars. What? Yeah,
1: I don't... No, you can talk all the shit you want in the actual body of the review. Just give us five stars. Uh, hey, Robbie, um, how do we end their Halloween episodes?
0: Um... I'm not sure.
1: I don't remember.
0: <laughs> but I, I,
1: okay, well then that's probably good, right? Do we just say Happy Halloween?
0: Happy Halloween!
1: Okay, okay Happy Halloween, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>